This is an NC Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. Welcome to the NC Baptist Podcast, the podcast designed to engage with ministry leaders around topics that will explore approaches and resources to help us be on mission together. It's because of your generosity that this resource is available. Learn more at ncbaptist.org slash give or contact us at communications at ncbaptist.org. Welcome to the NC Baptist Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Daniel Rose, student ministry strategist with NC Baptist, and I am thrilled about getting to sit down and chat with today's guest. Joining me today by Zoom is senior pastor Matt Rummage and associate pastor Andrew Patrick of Olivet Baptist Church in Catawba. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you having us. Thank you, Daniel. Good to see you again. Well, many churches across North Carolina are being faced with a challenge, and that challenge is where to find and equip pastors and ministry leaders to lead their church, when the answer might be closer than they realize. With NC's population growing and the need for disciple makers continues to grow, it's essential for NC Baptists to develop the next generation of ministry leaders. My friends Scott Pace and Shane Pruitt have led a charge for ministry leaders to call out the call in our churches. And we've seen a great response because people like you have extended that invitation. I'm hearing this question each week. What's next? As ministry leaders, how do we respond to students within our church who are discerning or answering a call to ministry? For example, you may have a teen within your student ministry who feels called to ministry, but you aren't able to hire them at 13 or 16. So what's next? What do you do with a teenager who's called to ministry in your church right now? There's lots of stories across our state of students coming to faith, accepting a call to ministry, and now serving on their church's staff. And today we're going to hear a story just like that from Andrew and Matt. Andrew, I want to start with you. You started out attending Olivet as a teenager. Can you share your experience of being discipled by your pastor, Matt, and your call to ministry as a teenager and and going into your college years? Yeah, so um, just to give a little bit of background info, I haven't always grown up at Olivet. I started attending more when I was 16, 17 years old. Um, when I was dating this girl who is now my wife, Alexis, she has grown up at Olivet. Um, so I just slowly started getting a little bit more and more involved and went to youth casual, um, things like that. And then um, a real big part of my story and my life happened uh, a little bit before COVID. Um, and I was just kind of going through some things and was wanting to dig a little bit deeper into the word and things like that. And um, I found it really interesting because Matt actually reached out to me and a couple other guys and just asked if we would want to do a little bit of like intentional, you know, discipleship. We wanted to go through like a book and we just picked Galatians. And um, it was it was really interesting to me at that time because I wasn't a a member of all of it per se, but I was going there. Um, But, you know, I think the perception is, is that pastors, especially of, you know, a decent sized church are really busy. And they have a lot going on. So what really stood out to me at that time was, you know, for whatever reason, he was taking time out of his week to sit down with me and a couple other guys and just walk through the Bible and explain it and, you know, talk about the gospel and like what it really meant and how to apply it to our lives. And, you know, at the time, I don't think it really hit me like, hey, you know, you could be called into the ministry and you could kind of do this 
um, you know, as you as you grow older, because at that time I was playing college baseball. I was very into that. And that's kind of where I saw my future being. Um, but then as time went on, my relationship with Matt is really what kind of drove this whole idea of, you know, maybe this is something that I could see myself doing. And then um, it was really two, two years ago. And I was entering into my last year of college. I had just gotten my my undergraduate degree in history um, from Lenore Ryan. I had one more year of baseball left um, that I could play, but I was also getting married um, that coming summer. So um, I was just really struggling with what to do, whether to go and teach, because that's what I was going to do. I was going to go be a history teacher um, and then coach high school baseball. That was what I thought I was going to do. Um, so I went to Matt for, for some guidance because we had built that relationship. And I was like, look, man, like I don't know you know, what to do. I'm at this place in my life where I feel like I'm at a crossroads and I just have no idea what to do. And we talked through that for a while. You know, he was like, well, you just need to slow down and just pray about it and just see what God actually wants you to do. And, um, at the end, I just told him, Hey, by the way, um, I think that once me and Alexis get married this summer, we would like to join the church or I would like to join the church. And I just remember, cause he kind of like sat back in his chair and he's like, really? I said, yeah. He said, okay, that's interesting. Um, how would you feel about helping out some with the youth? And I was like, yeah, for sure. You know, anything like I had went to to Caswell as a chaperone and things like that. Um, but he was, you know, I, I said, whatever you need. And his response was, well, no, I was thinking more of like a, you know, like a paid internship or something like that, a little bit more official um, per se. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, whatever, whatever you think, whatever you need. And what that turned into was a year long internship. And it was really a journey because I had no you know, seminary background, anything like that. And, you know, I was jumping into this thing fresh, but through that internship, he was able to disciple me and guide me and walk me through a lot of the ins and outs of ministry that, you know, the average churchgoer just doesn't really see. And uh, through that whole process, you know, the church approached me and asked if I would be interested in being the associate pastor um, at the church and through a lot of prayer and a lot of consideration and talking, you know, with my community and talking with Matt and all that. You know, I reached the conclusion that this was something that I was called to do. So it it was a journey. It didn't happen, you know, overnight. But um, at the end of the day, it really all stems back to my relationship with Matt and just his willingness just to take time out of his life to do what, you know, a lot of people would see is really not that big of a deal is just, you know, go through the Bible and pour into a few guys. But man, like I look back at that and that's what made the biggest impact in my life at that time. And you can see the fruit from that ever since. That's awesome. I love how that just small faithful step of obedience led to this fruit in your life and it's been encouraging to see Andrew I know we've been friends from afar just through uh our relationship at Castle and and just seeing that in your life's been super encouraging Matt I'd love to hear from your viewpoint of the story of being the senior pastor leader uh Andrew's been involved in your church for a while and just kind of what'd you notice in Andrew and kind of talk us through your viewpoint of of his calling yeah um that's a good question for me, and I won't go into all the details with it, but I've, I've been pastoring for 25 years and uh, or right at 25 years. And so back probably about uh, 15 years or so ago, I began to uh, start experiencing a major paradigm shift in my own life, kind of going from sort of building the, the thing, I call it a lot of times, or building more of the crowd. Uh, shifting from that focus to building, you know, building people. And it's good. Um, I'll never forget a time I was kind of sitting 
there on the platform one Sunday and and really just kind of looking out at the at the crowd and and honestly almost with a little bit of pride in in my heart thinking man look look what I've done and and at that moment I just got this empty feeling like this sick feeling in my stomach and it was like God just whispered you're missing something and so at that point I felt like I could have resisted that but it just I don't know it humbled me I opened my heart and I wanted to know more and basically God just began to shift me to really the Great Commission and that one command that we find there in Matthew 28, 19 and 20 of make disciples. And so with all that happening in my life, um, that's just really kind of where this started. And so uh, like Paul with Timothy, you know, he tells him in 2 Timothy 2, 2, you know, take these things that you've learned now and invest them, deposit them, commit them to faithful men. And so I guess just through my time um, spent with Andrew, being a part of the, you know, the church here and there, and then getting the opportunity to spend a little more time with him uh, at Caswell and things like that. Uh, you know, you just begin to realize he's one of those faithful guys or something, something there. He's hungry for more. And so um, just had to take advantage of that and had to kind of jump in and uh, see uh, see how much we could just spend time with him and just pour into him, him and some other guys. And so that's really how all that started. And I think as far as what he shared with you when he came to me, see what's interesting, Daniel, is I was kind of in that same thing. I was sort of, we had some information out with the state convention and other places looking for a possible associate. Um, but, but that was kind of, in a way, that was sort of the tradition sort of being pushed on me, but I was kind of in my heart thinking, well, why are we not thinking about, you know, our own people and equipping them and building them up to be future leaders? Uh, but none of that was working out. And uh, when Andrew sat down with me that time trying to figure out what he was going to do with baseball and if he was going to play another year or not, when he said that to me about, he wanted to join the church. It just kind of took me back because I wonder sometimes, Daniel, how much the younger generation wants to be a part of older congregations. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, you hear the story sometimes of the nightmares and and the and the the, the division sometimes that's gone on in the past. And I've I've just wondered, you know, I mean, do these guys even want to be it? So when he told me he wanted to be a part of the church, that was like, wow, you know. So. That's kind of when everything just sort of began and uh, just began to ask him, you know, about his, you know, feelings about ministry and things like that. And then just kind of offered him the intern. But the intern basically just gave us an opportunity just about every day to meet and hang out, spend time in the word and just help build him more into that committed, lifelong learner and follower of Jesus, because I know, and you know, we can do that for people. And as they follow Jesus, he's going to get them where they need to be. And then after a year of that, when the opportunity arose to kind of join, you know, more on a full-time basis as an associate, I think he was pretty clear at that point where, where God was leading. Wow. That's, that's incredible. I think it's, 
just to see how how the steps were so small at the beginning, like just the invitation to youth camp at Caswell, right? And that building those relationships and just knowing that discipleship moves at the speed of relationships, then because y'all had that relationship, Andrew trusted you and you've been able to speak into him is just awesome. Well, Andrew, I give you an opportunity to speak into how you were developed by Matt. I know you mentioned specifically just studying the Bible in Galatians, and I think sometimes we overcomplicate development a lot and try to make some huge strategy, and it's really simple, uh, as, as Matt, you mentioned um, from the passage in Timothy. But what are some of the things, maybe specific things, that Matt did either through that time or through your internship that to, to develop you into the leader you are today? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, again, I think there's a lot of times, you know, people view the the pastor, especially the senior pastor, as being on the pedestal because he's in, he's on the stage in front of people a lot. But I think the biggest thing that has uh, really developed me that Matt has done is just let me in his life mm. and just That's let good. me see like the ins and outs and, you know, what he does on a daily basis. Like he's not just, you know, locked up in his office all day long. Like there's, there's things to go and do and people to see and people to minister to. And, you know, just things like that, the the practical um, applications to, to ministry that I think a lot of times kind of gets lost, you know, the just, Hey, like so-and-so is in the hospital. Like, let's go show them that we actually care about them by going and spending some time with them and praying with them and all that. And I think that's something that, you know, was, I really had to grow a lot in because, you know, I think, you see the idea of like, oh yeah, I could be, you know, a full-time associate pastor. That sounds great. I'd love to preach, you know, and, and get in front of people and stuff like that. But there's a lot more to being a pastor than just preaching. It's good. And I think that that's something that, uh, that I've really learned a lot from him is just being able to go and do the day-to-day things of just caring for people. It really comes back to those relationships and building those relationships and forming those relationships with people, especially within your own congregation and and things like that. So that's just been a huge part of his, you know, development with me. And then, you know, also teaching me how to even pray like for our people and just slowing down and, you know, praying together and, and just doing those types of things. It's really, in my opinion, helped to develop me um, into a lot more of the the spiritual biblical leader um, that, that I am today. And I know there's a lot, you know, more to go in that, but um, I think there is a difference between just being a you know, a, a good leader on like a sports team or, you know, at, at a job versus being a spiritual biblical um, leader. So I, I think that's been a, a very big part of it, is just learning how to to care and love for people. That's incredible. Well, Matt, on your side, you know, you're have a older congregation, like you said, or even not even just older, just established congregation. You know, what was it like giving opportunities to lead to Andrew at, at a young age? And what were some of those opportunities that you gave him? Well, I think, like he said, I, I think, again, it's about those relationships. And, you know, to actually disciple someone, you know, when you read the letters of Paul, you know, it took more than just the word. I mean, the word was essential, but it also took an example, mm-hmm. right? It took an example. And so when you are discipling somebody, you are inviting them into your life to not only hear the truth, but to see the truth, right? Not only to hear about love, but to see love in action. And so that's, uh, you know, just allowing that to happen. I mean, just allowing him to come into my life. But again, to kind of train him and to help him, obviously you want him to have opportunity to say things, preach things, teach things, because that's going to 
obviously develop him while at the same time giving him opportunity to say certain things and to share that with other people. Um, but again, the biggest part is just allowing him just to come alongside and and just kind of watch and then teach as we as we go and do things together. That's incredible. Well, y'all been a great example of a church doing this, and I hope by sharing your story, other churches or other people in similar situations, maybe uh, not knowing how to develop a ministry leader or looking for an associate pastor or a student pastor would be encouraged. So the last question for you guys, and I want y'all both to respond to this one, is what encouragement or advice would you give a ministry leader or pastor considering developing a younger ministry leader within their church? The first thing I would just say is, um, you know, I, I just wouldn't give up on those kids who right now it feels like everything is just kind of in one ear and out the other, because I'm sure I've, you know, I've definitely been there with Matt. And I think, you know, his idea of just persevering with me and just kind of continuing to pour into me, even when it didn't feel like, you know, those seeds were hitting that good soil. Um, but, you know, eventually at some point they're going to look back and they're going to see how, you know, it, it was you know, all truthful and it was all real. And you can kind of come back to that. And a lot of times, I mean, Matt has, you know, talked to me about it before. Sometimes it just kind of feels like you're throwing this seed and it's just laying on that hard, dry ground and you're just waiting on it to rain. And then eventually like the rain does come. And before you know it, like all those seeds that you, you threw, like they just come up all at once. And that's kind of how it was for me, I think. Um, and then also just not being afraid to let people in your life. You know, I think, especially like being in this position now and getting to kind of see on the inside of it, there is a part of doing this that where you want to be, you know, seen as, you know, higher than everybody else. And that's not a biblical, you know, idea, but it is part of what the enemy uses to tempt us mm -hmm. to, to drag us into that. And I think that the more that you can just humble yourself and just, you know, allow others to see your life for what it really is and just being authentic. Um, I think that, especially to the younger generation, like that means the world to them because that's what they're looking for. I mean, they're looking for someone who's not going to just stand up on Sunday and say one thing and then you never see them the rest of the week. Like they're looking for someone who lives it out, whose life actually matches up with it. And I think that, you know, for Matt, that's been, you know, one of the biggest parts of my journey is just being able to kind of just see him in action. And that relationship has just become more and more real. So yeah, that's just a couple things. You know, and I'm sure that Matt has some others, but, you know, at the end of the day, just don't give up on them and just be real with them and allow them into your life. Yeah. You know, Daniel, there's a, I think a very important question for pastors these days is the question of what is success. And so in first Timothy chapter three, verse eight, it's a passage that I've read over and over again. I don't know how many times I've talked through the book of first Thessalonians, but you know, there was something recently that jumped out at me where Paul said, for now, we live if you, talking about the people, the church, we live if you stand fast in the Lord. And so Paul was looking at success as helping others succeed in walking with God and their relationship with God. And so when you have that mentality, it's like, and it just changes everything because you just begin to look at people and you see their potential, right? No matter where they are, you know that, you know where grace can take them and you know that grace can do amazing things and, and transform them and turn them into a reproducing, multiplying disciple of Jesus Christ. And so I think I would just use that to encourage people and to not 
ever assume and, and base your opinions or potential of people on what they look like, per se. Not, not talking about Andrew, but it's just like you've got to come back to the fact of if you have someone who's faithful and willing to sit down across from you and in, enter into your life with you, then, then who knows what may happen with that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's just the greatness of, of this story is that, you know, I'm not the only one that's invested in him. I know that others have along the way. And so that as we as a body take seriously the Great Commission and pour into people, you know, and not just look at it as a Sunday thing, but, you know, invite people into that life to walk with us, to let them see the life of Christ and to let them hear about it. You know, it's amazing what happens when we do that. And I think, again, you know, for pastors, if we're too busy to invest in people, then we're just too busy. And I know it's slow sometimes, but it's the strategy that Jesus modeled for us. You know, God wanted to change the world. He sent one man into the world, Jesus. Jesus then invested in, in those men that he had and then turned them loose into the world to make a difference. And so I think sometimes we lose the value uh, of just one person. And so I'm so excited to have had the opportunity and to continue to have the opportunity to pour in Andrew. Uh, we never know who we're, who we're investing in and how far they're going to take it and how you know, what all they're going to do, but I want to see him impact the world. And so um, we've just got to be faithful and be patient and let God work it out. And uh, it over time, it's just like with Jesus and his men, this thing just begins to get out of control. And, and we still get to have an impact even when we're not here through those that we uh, chose to invest in while we were here. So that would just be some encouraging words that I would offer some guys today. That's super helpful. Here's what I'm gathering from what you guys have said in your story. It's it's not solely on the responsibility of the student pastor to raise up the next generation. It's a part of the whole church's job, right? It's all the ministry leader's job to raise up the next generation of leaders. And ministry leaders listening to this podcast, you most likely have someone in your church right now who is discerning a call to ministry. That's in the shoes that Andrew was in. And if you haven't identified them yet, here's a few steps. Like identify them, work to build a relationship with them, and then just let them walk alongside you. Like create a list of things that you do in ministry and invite them to join you, show them how you do that, and then give them the opportunity to lead and do that too. And then send them out. Send them out to make an impact and influence beyond yourself. Well, Matt and Andrew, I'm super thankful for you guys. I'm super thankful for your friendship, Andrew, and your story. I hope it encourages a lot of our churches across the state. Thanks for being on the podcast. Appreciate you having us. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Good to see you again. Appreciate you having us, bud. NC Baptist, we are working on several resources, including a mobilization pathway for leaders in the next generation. We're going to include some of those resources for you and your church in the show notes of today's podcast to assist you as you're calling out the call. We're providing a simple guide that you can use to develop and train ministry leaders. It includes lessons and contents by my friends Shane and Scott. Because of your generosity of NC Baptist churches, our team is here to assist you in training up the next generation of ministry leaders. You can listen to more NC Baptist podcasts just like this one at ncbaptist.org slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for joining us today. Because of your generosity to NC Baptist, this podcast along with other helpful resources, are made available for you. 
Learn more by visiting ncbaptist.org give.